Hello, friends, and welcome to Pod Return to the Waking Sands. We are a Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast where we explore the lore and story of Hydaelyn and beyond. My name is Jen, and I am joined by my co-host and researcher. I'm Levi. Hi, Levi. Hi, Jen. Today, we are talking about the Paladin job quest in a Realm Reborn through level 50. Starting off with a fart here, as Paladin is widely considered to have the worst job quests in the game. Wow. In my opinion, the Heaven's Ward quest is worse than this one. So there's more to come. All right, cool. We got nowhere to go but down. However, I have a tip that Jen may actually like this quest. I I don't feel that strongly about it. I didn't hate it. I mean, there were some things that seemed like it was at times both like kind of, I don't know, like flat and cliche, but then also really convoluted. Paladin is a long-standing Final Fantasy job. I believe the first appearance is in Final Fantasy IV. Spoilers here for a very old game. In Final Fantasy IV, the Dark Knight character becomes the Paladin job. Really? Which it's a cool little arc, especially for that era of game. Yeah. Huh. No, I could see that. Yep. In Final Fantasy XIV, Paladin is, of course, a tank class. There's not much to differentiate it yet from Warrior until after level 50. Since the Gladiator class becomes the Paladin, they will continue using a sword and shield. Mechanically speaking, we still have our 1-2-3 melee rotation, and then a couple off-global cooldown abilities to weave in between those main attacks. There are three distinct moves at this point in time before we level up more past 50. First one is cover. This lets you take damage for a party member. Within 10 yalms. Within 10 yalms. Nah. I don't find this to be very useful for group content because most of the time when someone dies in group content, they messed up a mechanic. Mm-hmm. However, in PvP, it's super useful especially in crystalline conflict. That makes sense. Yep. The the next paladin mechanic we unlock is Hallowed Ground. This is the um invuln for the paladin. It is probably the most effective tank invuln in the game because when it's up, you are immune to pretty much all damage. No no frills, no, no twists, just you don't take damage. That also has I think the um the longest cooldown timer in the game. Correct, yes. At yeah. seven minutes, it's not going to come up very often. And then finally, we get Sheltron. I'd argue this is the most important paladin mitigation. Totes. At least once you upgrade it fully. At level 50, it's less interesting. Still, you can kind of pop it. You can pop it a lot. The way it works is that whenever your character lands an auto attack on the enemy, like a um, automatic melee attack that goes off without you pressing a button your little meter ticks up. You can periodically spin that resource to activate Sheltron. This will make you block all attacks for a short time period. And this ability gets so much more powerful once it gets upgraded at higher levels. Yeah. Yeah. Sheltron. Um, that's it. Everything else is pretty samey and not that Yeah, Yeah, not yeah that you distinct. got your, your interrupt and you're stun, but all of that's just... That's old news that's from before. old news. In Eorzea, 
paladins are a relatively recent profession, at least in the scale of history. Back in the sixth astral era, during the fracturing of Beladia into Sildi and Ulda, Ulda's first ruler formed a retinue of bodyguards to protect him from the rival nation. These guards are the Sultan Sworn. This practice carried forward for centuries, but unfortunately, as we know from the Ulda intro, all is not well in the Sultan Sworn today. Yeah, they've been um, diluted. Yes, <laughs> to put it lightly. Mm-hmm. This origin and tradition of the Sultan Sworn and therefore the Paladin job is where we get the first fracture in the Paladin ideal in this game. Paladins in fiction are um, typically considered holy warriors, and they will usually pair martial skills with what we would call divine magic. Healing and protection and so on are usually in the paladin wheelhouse as far as their magical abilities go, as they appear in fantasy genres today. Mm -hmm. That's great. Uh, That fits Final Fantasy, and this is actually how the class plays in the game. So as a paladin, you will unlock healing abilities and you have already protection abilities. You get more as time goes on. This is fantastic. What is not fantastic, though, is that elite bodyguards are not compatible with this paladin concept. Right. The Sultan Sworn have to serve the Sultan ultimately. And Ulda, as we know, is not a nation with a shining track record of morality. And I'm talking about the Sultanate specifically, not about the monetarists and all the other corruption going on in that city-state. We get to see how this friction articulates in just a minute. But already, though, we, we have the concept of this protector of the people, holy warrior, champion of the just, and then guarding criminals against humanity. Corrupt leadership. Yep, exactly. To, to take us in, in the paladin arc... We have just finished up our tenure as a gladiator and helped bring a measure of stability to the gladiators guild. If you hopped on this podcast late, we talked about the gladiator quests in an early episode. So, okay. So for the level 30 thing, which is going from gladiator to paladin, we we talked to the receptionist once again. They're like, oh my God, for the first time ever, the Sultan Sworn is allowing like randos to kind of audition which seems like dire times <laughs> for the sultan sworn difficulty and and uh i don't know recruitment it's like sure okay i'll go talk to the captain and and uh, see what i can see what i can do so we go to the to the chamber of rule the red carpeted chamber of rule the yeah the fancy carpets to go speak to the captain jenlins Jinlins is a very straight-laced, clean-cut here in white and silver armor, which is the standard paladin and Sultan Sworn armor. Jinlins is the current captain of the Sultan Sworn. He was rescued from thugs by the former Sultan Sworn captain at a young age, and this cemented his ideals to join up with them once he could. He's very young for a captain at only 29, but he was promoted when the last captain vanished mysteriously. Hmm. As Jen mentioned, he's had to open up recruitment as the Sultan Sworn are languishing right now. A traitor in the ranks has sullied the Order's good name, 
and they are now forced to rely on cell swords for guard duty. Yeah. I mean, this is all by design, but kind of like with the the theft of the Sultana's crown, the theft of Oathkeeper, which is the symbol of the Sultan Sworn for centuries, he is obsessed with this this artifact. The fact that it was stolen, the previous captain stole it, and because this the symbol of the organization was lost, it says to, you know, to society, we can't keep track of our own fucking stuff. How good are you? And so, like, his his sole focus right now is getting that sword back. That's, uh, that's like, kind of the, the background mission at this point while we're going through our initial paladin training. Oathkeeper is the traditional blade of the Sultan Sworn Captain. This was given to the very first captain by the Sultan himself, Sasagon Ul Sisagon. And the first captain's soul crystal is set into the pommel of Oathkeeper. Mm-hmm. So after talking about the Sultan Sworn's ranks languishing and all this dishonor, Jinlins immediately transitions to a big lofty speech about paladins serving the greater good and the common people. And this is where the game immediately trips upon itself on this quest in the very opening. As Jinlins goes from saying the Sultan Sworn are hard up for members to say, but you, you're special. You get to go and do whatever you want to and have and do good across the land. You're not going to join us. You're just going to become a paladin. Yeah, free paladin. Why? I don't know. <laughs> what? The, the game has already ridden itself into a corner because the Sultan Sworn are the paladins in this game and they serve the Sultan. But the player character is not going to serve the Sultan because the game is not about Uldah's royalty in guarding them. It's about Eorzea and beyond mm -hmm. and all of your adventurers there. So how does the paladin player character not be stuck in the palace? We ignore that detail entirely and just say you're special. So here's this special soul crystal in a little bit, all this special armor and go have fun. Bye. Convenient. Yeah, for somebody who who is uh, you know described as having this unwavering fealty to the Sultan Sworn, having faith in the organization since he was a very young kid, for him to be so cavalier with the assignment of the status of paladin doesn't make sense. But it does because obviously we got a game to play and we're not you know we have to be paladin elsewhere, <laughs> not just Ulda. So okay, all right, we're free paladins now. Sure. <laughs> But first, we must prove ourselves. By killing stuff. By killing stuff, as always. Yay. All right. Get ready, Jen, for this formula, because you're going to be seeing a lot of it. Mm-hmm. We have to go to a place, in this case, the desert of southern Thanalan. We have to light a brazier with some incense. This one's in some desert ruins. I think it's broken water? This time, this light will attract some undead. We're going to take their black hearts and burn them in the brazier. We we head out and we light up this fire. Some undead pop out. We kill them. We throw them into the fire. And then we are surveying our handiwork, <laughs> these flames of accomplishment, when a mysterious Rogaden in paladin armor comes out of nowhere, looking all fancy in his white plate. He says he's just another aging free paladin but he tells us that we can't be a real paladin by swinging our sword around and looking fancy. We must lift our visor 
that blinds us and find the true path. This is obviously uh, an enlightened free paladin of some kind, but he's still fully decked out in Sultan Sworn gear. So that's a little suspicious. Uh, he seems like a very reasonable chap. Uh, he is not like, you know, I'm, I'm following a different faction of Sultan Sworn. I'm here to kill you or trying to introduce some other uh, source of training or indoctrinate us to a different, different way. It was just like, I don't know, just keep your eyes open. And then he okay. gives us a soul crystal to bring back to Jinlin's. We take this mysterious gift and return to Ulda. Afterwards, Jin Lins declares that we are a paladin, despite what that random jerk said. We swear fealty to no lord, especially not the sultana, <laughs> but to ourself only, and we are nobility amongst adventurers. Well, that part is true. So, success. We're a paladin. We can now do good across the land. We have our soul crystal, and we have our title. Our long struggle is over at last. Whew, man, that was tough. But no, that's not it. We hand over the soul crystal as well, which is where this whole drama begins. Mm-hmm. Jinlins is pissed by this crystal. This is the, the very crystal belonging to that traitor that he mentioned earlier, who sullied the good name of the Sultan Sworn. Oh, it's disgraced. Super gross. Despite all that talk about being free agents and so on, it is now our duty to join up um, we are honor-bound to now defend the Order's honor, and we are obligated to help to right this wrong that this person has done. Yeah, this guy flip-flops between like progressive and fundamentalist in a really disturbing way. Yep. It feels to me, honestly, and having played through it beforehand, I, I was looking for the wires and I saw them. It feels like they were trying to reconcile the paladin sultan swore and things themselves. Mm -hmm. So they had to sprinkle in some paladin language every once in a while to make sure it feels like you're a paladin, even though it has nothing to do whatsoever with the actual story. Yeah, about this, um, about, you know, words of, of loyalty and honor and duty. Yeah. Yeah. Jinlins gives us our clean, unsullied soul crystal. This is a little gray-blue gem with a shield etched into it. It looks exactly like the one the trader gave us. Hmm. On the outside, hmm. but it's pure on the inside. Oh, okay. I believe you. So Paladin was my first job when I was playing this game for the first time. And I was really actually bummed. I had this unique special crystal taken away and I was given some factory standard crystal yeah. instead. <laughs> it's like, give me something with character, please. Don't. I want the trader crystal. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> This is our first soul crystal because the starting classes are just, um, we, we learn them through practice and through the conventional, a teacher tells you how to do the things and you practice it method. But this time we have received our first soul crystal. These are artifacts that originate from the ancient Elegant Empire. They are small cut gems that transcribe the aether of the wearer, absorbing their skills and their memories. Someone wearing a second-hand soul crystal is able to absorb these memories, allowing them to learn from the crystal. Soul crystals will absorb more knowledge as they are passed on, becoming seasoned with flavors like a cast iron skillet. <laughs> nice. And a nice goulash of <laughs> technique. Uh, a gumbo of past people's essences. Learning from a crystal is not just as easy as picking it up. You must attune your soul to the crystal, 
by mirroring the traits of its past contributors. In doing so, you will start to draw the memories forth from the crystal and gain them yourself. If we emulate these past paladins with our sword and shield and practice the principles and the ideals of them, we will start to sync up with the crystal and the exchange begins. Indeed, it will open up its secrets to us. Yes. Okay, so well, this is so this next bit is where Jenlins relays the story of his childhood where he first decided he wanted to be a Sultan Sworn. So he and his father uh, were in Uldah and they found themselves in a, in a bad spot of town, probably Pearl Lane. Um, and they were surrounded by a bunch of drunks who were being really rowdy, lots of hooliganism. All of a sudden, this luminous paladin hero swoops in and uh, saves them from a from a mob of these rowdy drunks. And in that moment, that's when Jenlin's decided, I want to be like him when I grow up. And boom, that's it. However, by the time he has reached the status of captain, uh, that's when the, the Sultan Storn has systematically gone through um, some uh, some downgrades, um, some d- dilution of power. Never mind that Oathkeeper was stolen, and so he's basically captained uh, an organization that is tarnished. It was disgraced when the former captain stole Oathkeeper and peaced out. So the same person who rescued Jinlins and inspired him to join up, and who was the former captain, is also this mysterious person who gave us the soul crystal and the thief of Oathkeeper. So when this person left the order, that was when the space opened up for Jinlins to take over. But again, he's uh, he's young and he is full of vigor. He's also full of it. <laughs> you know, he's a passionate man. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So that we can help out the order... We have to level up first and grow stronger. To do so, we are given some more incense. We go to Adar Lanosia. We go light up a brazier. And this time, some frenzied monkeys attack us. <laughs> Little opo opos. Lemurs. We kill them. And I feel more noble by the minute. Absolutely. Yes. Then we go level up some more. We check in again. The Jinlin's update is that he's now resolved to take down his former mentor and master to restore the Sultan Sworn's honor. Here we go. We're going to put him on trial so that all can know his crimes. Yes. But it's going to be a tough fight for the two of us, so we got to power up again. <laughs> we get some more incense. We go to Eastern Thanalan, and we light up the brazier, and we draw in some fish. slightly large fish and kill them. So Kay. we've killed some undead. We've we've made them more dead. And then we fought some monkeys. And now we fought some fish. Yeah. And lit a bunch of braziers. Blazing it. <laughs> 420. <laughs> we report back again. Jenlins has been doing some research. During the the past captain's tenure, his name is Sulksagil. During this time, Several competent and esteemed Sultan Sworn guards began to die mysteriously in various places, but there were traces of poison in all of their bodies. Jinlin suspects that the Death's Embrace, rumored assassins in the employ of the Uldah monetarists, 
are to blame. But it was an inside job. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just too convenient, the timing of everything. How suddenly all these people close to the top of the organization died mysteriously, and then opening up a path for Sulksagel to be the captain. But he maintained that position for like 30 years. So obviously, this was this was corruption. This was this was him pulling the strings, you know, putting out hits to all these guys so he could become captain and oh man, super gross. This guy is bad news. And I'm gonna bring him to justice. If it's the last thing I do. Anyway, to help us with this upcoming fight, we need to gear up. So we're going to track down the armor of past Sultan Sworn, the gallant armor. We have to fight for these two. Well, there is a black mark on every ARR job quest, which is the artifact armor. Artifact armor is the term the game uses for the iconic set for a given job. This is the cool, like, dark dragon-style armor for the Dragoon, or the Sultan Sworn white armor. These are the iconic sets for each class. There seems to have been a memo back at the Square Enix headquarters that went out to all the quest designers that they must include gearing up in every job quest. So at level 40, there has to be story time devoted to getting gear in every single job quest, no matter what's going on in that quest's story. Thankfully, this is no longer the case after Heaven's Ward, so it's just a, a Realm Reborn thing. But I'm going to put out the thesis now that the manner in which each job quest handles this mandatory gear up is a make-or-break moment for the quality of the quest overall. <laughs> and seeing the different ways that they all handle this collection quest is interesting. And we'll get there, of course, as we move on to the future job quests. I don't, I don't have a lot of jobs leveled up past 50, to be fair. They're like, you know, in the 30s, or I've got like three past 80. Um, nothing is really languishing in the middle there. So I was not able to pick up on this pattern. But now, I'm going to be looking out for it. Yeah. I mean, now I'm thinking back, oh, when I did Black Mage, yeah, there was a series of things where like, I, okay, I got a hat here and some boots here. Um, Weird. We get the same thing here. Like, who's handling the logistics of this? It is apparently the tradition for the Sultan Sworn to host a scavenger hunt for any aspiring paladins that want their armor. Okay, here we go. Sounds fun. There are four pieces of gear that get scattered throughout the desert. There are two Sultan Sworn guards that will carry a coffer full of gear to a random place and stand guard over it until the aspiring fashionista finds them, <laughs> beats them up, and takes the armor. Yeah. All I'll say is that I'm glad I'm playing this on New Game Plus now and I have a flying mount. <laughs> Holy shit, right? Yes. <laughs> this on foot is atrocious. <laughs> It's the exact same mechanic as the braziers. We go to a place, fight a couple guys, and then click on the thing. Times four throughout mm -hmm. the desert. Mm -hmm. And of course, every coffer has a hat or a gloves mm, yep. or something. Yeah, everything but the chest piece. Yep. The chest comes later. That's what she said? <laughs> Maybe. Mm. This makes you look pretty funny a lot of the time, too. Because this is the best gear you have when you're leveling up, most likely. So you're rocking some random chess piece and a coordinated everything else. Yep. 
which can look okay or can look clownish depending on your appearance. Oh man, what's that one that one shirt you get at a super low level? It's like the the cotton Dalmatica or something like that, and it the, looks like a um, big fat burlap sack and it gives you a paunch. Yeah. So that, and then all of this gleaming paladin gear. Beautiful. <laughs> we get back finally, and Jinlens has tracked down Silksagil's hiding place in the desert. And he has sent out emissaries to negotiate the return of the Sword Oathkeeper. Yeah. The terms are either return the sword and surrender, after which he will be given a fair trial for the crime of being the person that engineered the downfall of the Sultan Sworn. Good God. And the assassinations of all these people. And still the sword. <clears throat> or he can be captured and thrown at the feet of the Sultana for judgment. Ooh. Good options. Pretty good options. Pretty good. Wonder which one you will choose. He's going to go for option C in a minute. <laughs> which is no. <laughs> so, don't tell anybody what we're doing because we're going to go on this super secret mission to parlay with Silksagil. Get the Oathkeeper back. We're going to totally ambush this guy and it's going to be amazing. My whole life has been built up to this moment. So, uh, we head down to Forgotten Springs in southern Thanalan uh, to wait for the team, whatever. The team is us. Us it's... two. At least that's what he says. Right, yeah. So we go to wait for, for Jenlins down there. Uh, this is very exciting. We're going to get Oathkeeper back. Wow. And as we're waiting there, uh, Jenlins eventually... Uh, arrives, but his mood is completely different. Like he's, we, we were getting the the uh, the bad news music in the background, and he's got a sour look on his face, and something has gone terribly wrong. And we're like, "Hey, Jenlins, what's up?" And he's like, "You were in league with the traitor this whole time. I knew it as soon as you brought me that bullshit soul crystal. But now I'm on your game." My brothers and sisters in arms have told me all about you and your machinations, and we are here to right this wrong and take you down. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like six or seven dudes, Sultan Sworns, all around in a circle surrounding me, closing in. Uh, great. Great. Super. So now we have to fight all these assholes. Before we do, Jen, what is going on here? Let's review the arc so far. <laughs> this was very confusing to we me. We have, there are five steps in a level 50 job quest. This is step number four. Yep. We have done go light a fire, kill stuff, and then do a scavenger hunt in the desert. And yeah. And everything's stuff. cool. Everything's cool. You're amazing. You're the best free paladin ever. You're an amazing student. Oh my God. And you're going to be my buddy to find out Soxagil and we're going to get this traitor in, in, a, in, a, in court and, 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 and then all of a sudden like somebody told me something and now I totally believe them now. It's not. What the fuck? Right. Exactly. And we have, there are two people that have names in this quest. There is. <laughs> Jenlins Sulk and Soxagil. Yeah, exactly. No one else. We've talked to zero other people. We have zero responsibilities or privileges. We have no job. We are a free paladin, whatever that means. Yeah. Our our, our job, if any, is the official incense burner. <laughs> um, unless we are doing some like 60 chess, how can we have any ability to betray them 
when we have no privileges or information or responsibilities. This this happens because Jen Lins is a pliable little baby idiot who will believe anything he says if it meets up with his if it, if it matches his preconceived notion of honor. I mean that's that's one of my two points is that only an idiot would think that we're a traitor because what is our game? He's just he is so blinded by this you know holy mission or whatever he has set for himself oh yeah he's i mean he's he's perfect he's the perfect little puppet yes so that is true also story-wise there is no setup for this whatsoever also we don't ever see him talking to anybody it's not like at any point in 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 this quest we've seen other sultan sworn come up and engage him in conversation like we don't have any concept of like other sultan sworn existing yeah also there there's no there are no events going on with a mysterious culprit there is no atmosphere of distrust we, we don't feel paranoid like something's going on no and, and who's gentleman's hasn't been like you know i feel like there's a leak within the organization and i'm trying to find like there's a mole or you know this person is always one step ahead of me or something where there where we could feasibly you know through some bad intel uh get placed in that position yeah, so this has the facade of like a twist to it, but there's no story to twist. No, nah, I was so confused. I was like, what is, I mean, it's it's convenient as a, as a you know, ex machina, I guess, but that's it. Anyway, so we're fighting now. We're fighting and we fight them all. We fight Genlins. Yeah, it's we... five or so Sultan Sworn. Yep. Just a big melee mosh pile Basically, pretty much. Basically, yeah. Mosh pit. Take them down. It's all, it's all good. Um, so the end of the fight, Jenlins is, is huffing and puffing, you know, we, we cut him down pretty good. And he's having a, he's having a confusing moment. I, I, you know, I, how is this possible? You're a piece of shit. Pieces of shit don't win. I am your superior in every way. Then we find that there is a leftover Sultan Sworn person. Yes. An archer. And they, they stand up and aim a shot right at Jenlins. And as the arrow is whizzing through the air, a shield appears out of nowhere. And that's our friend. It's the big Rogaden Paladin guy, the mystery guy, the traitor guy. And he blocks the arrow for Jenlins. Silksagil. Silksagil. There he is. This is where he he does a really nice truth dump on top of Jenlins, um, kicking him when he's down, which he needs it. Yeah. So um, basically, you, you adorable little fool. How eager you were to gobble down this very conveniently proffered information and march to the tune of the monetarists your loyalty your naivete um all of this exposed you to the machinations of the monetarists and their assassins a duh so of course this takes no time for jenlins to completely do a 180 on this on his opinions here he is shocked and he falls over. Yeah, yeah, he has a bit of a, a come to Jesus moment and faints. And so Sulksagil lifts him up, puts him over his shoulder, and walks away. <laughs> yep. And they have a long chat behind the scenes. Right. Much later, we find Jinlin's back at Ulda. He has now realized that he's been wrapped in a web of deceit, but now the scales have fallen from his eyes. He's watching his back, and he's sorry for that attempt to kill us just now. Yeah, my bad. He's put the word out. To his subordinates, Let, let's note this now. He's telling his his fellow Sultan Sworn that 
he is going to Kurthis to go to ground, which is correct. But he's trying to lure some assassins after him. Right. He's gonna. He's he's doing the old Uno reverse card. I'm gonna set up a trap for you now. Also, Silksagil is waiting for us in Central Thanalan. By the way. Right. So Jenlins is like, I'm I'm gonna go do this thing, because uh, I fucked up, and I'm gonna try to make it right, and I'll probably die. Okay. Okay. Um. Oh, also, Silksagil wanted to talk to you real quick. If you can go, um, hit him up. So we do, and we he literally, it's two sentences. He's like, hey, thanks for meeting with me. Um, Jenlins is going to die, so we need to go and help him. Thanks, I already knew that. Here we go. Teleport to Blackbrush Station and then, and then Chocobo into this railroad tunnel or whatever, just so you could say, like, we got to go help Jenlins. Oh, duh. But that's fine. Uh, so we go to Snowcloak. Yep. The, back um, him up. Snowcloak in the snow-clad Kurthus Highlands. Yeah, it's pretty spooky. We get there. We are late to the party. Thanks, Silksagil, for the detour. Um, we already find the two paladins facing down some void scent. An Araman and a glowy ogre thing. Glowy ogre thing. Yeah. Yeah. The cutscene, though, with us running up is cute. I'm here, okay. guys. Okay. Also, I'm here. I made it. Yeah. Someone gave me some bad directions. <laughs> And then, of course, Jinlens does the whole, get out of here. No, it's not my this fight. Is, this is my fight. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then and then that, that music starts. That's very, um, you know, this this inspirational pre-battle sort of um, mood boosting, steal your loins. I think Solsigil says something. Something, something cliche. Oh, you know, something like, the only true oath is the oath we swear to ourselves. So we're going from like, you know, if the Sultan Sworn, the traditional Sultan Sworn creed is is similar to like Catholicism, we're going straight into Protestantism, where the relationship between us and and our oath is is personal and no longer related to the Sultan. It's the Paladin aspect. You, they got to give the Paladin lip service every cutscene. Sure. Yes. Oath. 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 Remember, we're Paladins also. Remember, remember your oaths. All right. We kill the Void Scent and we go to find the Summoner. We find a floating tome in an ice field by a frozen waterfall. It's bait, though, that's laid by this mage who's up on a, um, like, a, a icy cliff above us. Mm-hmm. And he rains down fireballs. I ran up there. So it was really cool, actually. So I'm like, oh, this motherfucker. I ran up onto that cliff and we were, like, fighting. It was like a, it was like a Mission Impossible moment where I'm fighting this guy on the cliff. And then our, my buddies are down, downstairs uh, dealing with the riffraff. The, the Death's Embrace mob. It was kind of neat. I felt I felt very special in that moment. The arena is pretty cool. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Did you say totally? I as said, in duh and totally? I thought I said totally, but maybe the T was a little lazy. Anyway, yeah. So like you inferred, Jen, there are some more of the Death's Embrace assassins that run up here. The goal is to destroy the tome, to stop the Void Scent from being summoned by it. We We do so, and then we take these guys down too. This fight is pretty basic for a level 50 fight. Yeah. It's complex in that there are multiple steps to it because of the whole, like, fight the guys, then find the thing, then fight the guys again. But mechanically speaking, it's not very distinct. I like that the mage attacked us from above. I mean, the scenery was pretty. It was very cinematic to me. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. We have killed the assassins and saved the day. Surely now... 
the monetarists will be deterred by us winning this battle. Absolutely. And will give up on their attempts to meddle in the Sultan Sworn. Mm-hmm. Ah, shucks. This is what everyone thinks in this cutscene. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, we took care of that. Have they heard of the term cut the head off? <laughs> this is cutting the fingernails off. Uh-huh. Yeah. Whatever. <sighs> it's not whatever. It is one more nail in this damn quest's coffin. <laughs> I know. Now, now, I mean, obviously, like, so now Jenlin's is what? He's going to go back to his job and everything's going to be peachy keen when oh, the people yes. that in charge have just decided to kill him? That's what he does. It, yeah, and everything's fine. Everything's fine. No one is aware that nothing has changed. We we killed a handful no, of assassins. No, we made them more mad. So yes. things should be getting worse now. But, but no, it's no, all it's, good. It's all good. So the epilogue is that Silk Sigil will remain a free paladin following his heart. We will be our adventurous selves, also following our heart. Indeed. Jenlins will follow his heart. And he's a little afraid because, well, he asks Solxigal, like, hey, please come back. Please be a captain. I don't think I'm cut out for this. And then, you know, Solxigal gives him a little, a little, uh, you know, punch in the shoulder. Like, ah, you got this, man. Yeah, I mean, like, the, yeah, the true Oathkeeper was inside you this whole time you it's forged in your soul not in steel no excuse me jen the oaths we keep are in our hearts not in hallowed blades literal darn tootin that is true you don't need the sword the magic live within you this whole time cool (laughs) how about that sword though yeah well, well you know eventually We'll find it, I guess. Still missing. Yeah, it turns out that the monetarists have taken it and not Silksigil. Yeah. After he gains his confidence, Jin Lins will agree to lead the Sultan Sworn, who are surely not fully on the monetarists' payroll right now. No, only the good ones are left somehow. Including the ones that ratted him out to these assassins? Definitely. Minutes yeah. ago? Yeah. The ones he knew would rat him out. There, There's no lip service. There's no like, well, I got my work cut out for me to go and clean this this place out. It's right. Like, yeah. We're it, all good now. It makes more sense for him to to become a free paladin like Slokzagil and, you know, try to, you know, create his own own sense of, of duty and honor, whatever well, that means to him. they have a job. Everyone has a job, which is guarding the Sultana, not this bullshit. <laughs> well, you know, when you... When your dreams for the rest of your life are galvanized as a six-year-old, there's going to be some plot holes, I think. <laughs> Long story short, the Sultana's doomed. <laughs> <laughs> but he gives us the level 50 artifact armor as a thank you. The end. Sweet. All right, Jen, what do we think? It's it's problematic. You said you liked it or well, you Well, had... what I what I liked, I liked Sulksagil, actually. I thought he was a very cool character. I for some reason I think that the character design for Jenlins was it was designed to make you not quite sure of his intentions. I don't know, like there there are some like aesthetic tropes that they adopted. So the fact that he was very very polished, blonde, facial hair, there's something about that that just seems like you can't you can't pinpoint 
his his loyalties. Something. He struck me as being more young and inexperienced. That was that's, my vibe. But that's that's it too, where he he's easily manipulated. So it's hard to gauge exactly. Like, you know, he probably doesn't have very strong footing um, as far as his convictions go. So there was like a, a, a some untrustworthiness. There was that vibe coming off of him. Not necessarily because he was evil, but because he's maybe deluded a bit. Yes. Um, that much is true. So that was that whole thing reading. And it was, and then when the ambush happened in Southern Thanalan, I was like, the fuck is happening? What is, what is this? Well, that's the thing about this quest. There is the seed of a good story in here. Like, it's, it's not... 100% garbage. Yeah, I loved the reveal that, you know, this supposed traitor is this friendly old rogue paladin guy who who is very helpful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if we, we take that plot in order of royal guards who are infiltrated by corrupt monetarists. Tales old as And son. the only salvation lies in the disgraced former member. That seems like a cool plot. Definitely. This is not a cool story, though. No. <laughs> and and it, it literally doesn't make sense. The fact that he is surrounded by um, people on the monetarist's payroll that will easily throw him under the bus and tag him for assassination. They still exist. Like, he's in the break room eating lunch with them every day. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, they don't address it. That That is a huge lack of closure that never gets addressed. Yeah. At least not in the course of these job quests. Also diluting the story is all the paladin lip service, which has no place whatsoever in what's going on. Right. They, they It feels like they have to, like I said, they have to pay the paladin tax because you are a paladin, mm-hmm. technically speaking. So they have to talk about your oath to yourself, even though that is not what the job is. You guard the sultan. I guarantee the first sultan did not create this order of people who would follow their own morals and entrust his life to them. No. He said, you swear your fucking ass to me, you pieces of shit. I am in charge. Your life belongs to me. Yeah. This is not, there's no paladinship in royal guards. I mean, it's essentially like being a samurai. I mean, you pledge your life to the sultan and that's it. That's your whole, that's your whole being. So this, you know, the free roaming paladin where you swear an oath to yourself only instead of to our lord and savior doesn't quite gel. The other big falling down on this is the fact the story does not start until the four out of fifth part. So it's like they forgot about all the lead up and started at the climax and expected that to land somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just like, okay, so let's flip to the last 50 pages of the book and start reading and expect to feel like it's a good story. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the mole or whatever, I, I don't know. We could have spent some time addressing that. You know, sticking out the uh, the leak in the organization and, and cutting them down. What I would do for this one is I would create suspicion and suspense in the first three steps. And then I would have a similar reveal. The reveal is conceptually good, where this guy is a rube. He's now turned against you. And then the last one is doing something that feels like you're making a hit against this threat. Because if you examine what happened in the last quest, you kill some assassins. Great. A diamond dozen, you know, that there's more where they came from, I guarantee it. Yeah. You didn't do any good for the Sultan Sworn in the last quest. Just have a victory. And then you end the quest with talk about there being a long road ahead. And then in level 50 to 60, you pick up that thread and Jinlis has done something to clean house 
and there's a new kind of inflection point in the the narrative and that's where you come in again hmm. it doesn't have to conclude at 50 it's okay if there's still more to do but right. you've got to acknowledge that there's more to do and not assume everything's peachy because nothing has changed yep i mean it, it feels like the devs set themselves up for failure inherently with the way they handle a paladin in this game um, and making them a tied to a political figure there is a good way to tell a story about someone with noble ideals and they run into cold hard reality yeah Th- that, that's great yeah but that's very hard to do with a blankish slate character as the main as the protagonist of the story which is our character we don't have complex emotions or complicated loyalties ourselves right you know we're we are ourselves a bit of a rube honestly that that goes with the flow and does overall what feels right mm-hmm. but we don't have a complex set of emotions when we embody the warrior of light it's not impossible to pull off in this game format see dark knight but they didn't do it here it can't all be winners i've heard some theorizing that paladin was meant to be an ishgardian job because back in the game's early development there were supposed to be more starting cities and that includes ishgard that makes way more sense for those who are playing through the game for the first time ishgard is a very classical medieval city it's got a church and it's got knights and all that shit. It, it, it's bordering on theocratic. Yes. And that is the perfect place for a paladin to be. Yes. Faith it, and loyalty and all of that shit. Yes. Is bleeding out of every pore. That is where paladin as in idealized and how it's implemented as a class in this game, as in the gameplay, that's where they belong. Yeah. Of course, I don't disagree that having... I think it was six cities at the start is too much. Whoa. Yeah, right? Like six individual quest lines feeding into one or I, I don't even know. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. They 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 made it right. <laughs> so um, of the remaining options, I do agree that Ulda is probably the best fit for a paladin given um, Gridania and Limsa as the other alternatives, but it's not really enmeshed in the spirit of the city. And it wasn't until we sat down and, and really pulled it apart where I was like, oh, yeah, so that's why I felt really weird about this whole thing. Like, I knew I felt I felt confused and and empty. <laughs> but I still like Sulksagil as a as a character. He's really cool. I like his little uh, his little walk away and wave move. Like, you know, see you when I see you. Like the um, like the cowboy from the Big Lebowski. Of the two characters we have in the story, <laughs> Sulksagil is the better character. Sorry, um, joke aside. I, I don't think that he is a bad character, period. I think that he is actually pretty good for what the story wants to do. He has become a free paladin because he has forsaken his oaths to the order and has followed his heart. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. It's not a job title that you hire for. You don't hire for freelancer that can do what they want and right. you'll, you'll pay them. You, you This is something that happened to him. This is his arc. He has found that the 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 right is not in the order; it is in following his heart. Right. That's the end of the journey, not the start of the journey. So I, I think I agree with you, Jen, that he is a good character, and he is acting sensibly within the context of the story. Totally. Yeah. Just uh, the importance of of you know a commitment, whether that be to uh, an organization, an organization, or to yourself, but you know hold yourself um, to that commitment that you made, whatever it might be. 
So that's why he's like, you know, you know, I can't go back. Once you leave the Sultan's Sworn, you can't go back. I'm like, yeah, can you imagine? Just like, you guys, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm back. Like, no, it's like, it's like uh, going to look for another job and getting an offer and then going back to your old job and saying like, by the way, I'm quitting. And they're like, oh, uh, but what if we give you a higher pay? And then you're like, okay, yeah, I'll stay. But then, but then you're tainted. You're like, you know, dead man walking in your organization from then on because they all know that at the moment, at, at, a, at the slightest little hint of trouble, you're going to bail. He made that commitment to himself and he will continue on his path, which is the right one. Next time, we have a dungeon double feature. We will be playing through the Tam Tara Deepcroft and Copper Bell Mines. <sighs> Big stuff. Big stuff. <clears throat> Bread and butter stuff. That's different, but okay. Bread and butter's big. It's big. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to get in touch, you may do so at podreturnffxiv at gmail.com. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will see you next time.